Following the collapse of the Fujimori regime in November 2000, his daughter, Keiko Fujimori, led the Fujimorist Popular Force Party. The 2016 elections in Peru saw significant political maneuvering with Kiko Fujimori's popular force initially projected to dominate both Congress and the presidency. However, an alliance led by Veronica Mendoza's broad front supported Pedro Pablo Kuczynski's Peruvians for Change, resulting in Kuczynski's narrow presidential victory but with the popular force maintaining congressional hegemony. The Peruvian constitution permits presidential impeachment for moral incapacity, a broadly defined criterion that empowers the Congress significantly over the executive branch. So I'll provide some timeline and analysis. In January of 2023, there was the Juliaca massacre. At least 18 people were killed and over 100 others were injured when the Peruvian National Police fired upon demonstrations in Juliaca. Then Prime Minister Alberto Otarola imposed a three-day curfew in the Puno region from 8pm to 4am local time in an effort to repress the protest following the Juliaca massacre. Then the city of Cusco was placed under red alert after one person was killed and 17 others were injured in clashes between protesters and the police. And then the Peruvian government declared a 30-day state of emergency in Lima and three other regions in response to the violent protest. And then thousands of protesters marched in Lima, demanding the resignation of President Dina Boluarte as the number of deaths from clashes between protesters and the police exceeded 50. And then the Peruvian government indefinitely closed its iconic Machu Picchu historic site due to the ongoing unrest which had killed dozens of people. Around 500 foreign nationals became stranded in Peru. And then the Organization of American States passed a resolution asking the government of Dina Boluarte to convene elections soon in an attempt to reduce the level of violence in Peru as the death toll rose to 65 people. So in February of 2023, the Peruvian government extended the state of emergency in the Apurimac, Arequipa, Cusco, Madre de Dios, Moquega, Puno, and Tacna departments up until April 7, 2023. And then the Prominent Assembly of the Congress of Peru approved a motion to file criminal charges against former President Pedro Castillo. The charges included criminal organization, traffic of influences, and collusion. And then seven police officers were killed, and another was injured when their vehicle was ambushed in Mantaro, Peru, with a suspected attack by remnant of Shining Path, which is a far-left political party and guerrilla group. And then the Mexican government announced that it would maintain its ambassador in Peru, despite the Peruvian government withdrawing its ambassador from Mexico in protest of Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador's support of former Peruvian President Pedro Castillo. In April 2023, the Congress of Peru voted against the petition of impeachment of President Dina Boluarte over the alleged killings of protesters during the ongoing protest amid a worsening volatility in the country's politics. 
and then former Peruvian president Alejandro Toledo lost his request for an emergency stay in the U.S. as a deadline for his extradition to Peru neared where he faced numerous charges. Shortly after that, former President Toledo was subsequently extradited from the U.S. and was taken to prison in Peru on charges related to money laundering. In May 2023, the Chilean government announced that 115 Venezuelan migrants were repatriated to Venezuela on a humanitarian flight after being stranded at the border with Peru, raising tensions between Peru and Chile. In June 2023, Chile assumed a temporary presidency of the Pacific Alliance from Mexico amid a diplomatic conflict which saw Mexico refusing to hand over the presidency to Peru due to the removal of former President Pedro Castillo back in December 2022. In September 2023, four Peruvian soldiers and two Shining Path militants were killed in a clash in Huanta province, Peru. In October 2023, Peruvian police liberated 44 individuals, mostly Malaysians, from a Taiwanese organized crime group's extortion scheme in La Molina, Lima. Concurrently, six Taiwanese and two Peruvians were arrested, and the victims who were deceived with job offers and trafficked via Amsterdam, Netherlands, would be extradited to Malaysia following an investigative process. In December 2023, the Constitutional Court of Peru ordered the release of former President Alberto Fujimori, who was serving a 25-year prison sentence for crimes against humanity, thereby reinstating a previously revoked pardon on humanitarian grounds. So for some forecasts and predictions, I would talk about broad topics such as cybersecurity, infrastructure security, physical security, socioeconomics, and geopolitics. So for cybersecurity in the short term, increased cyber threats targeting government and financial institutions amid the ongoing political instability. In the long term, for cybersecurity, strengthening national cybersecurity infrastructure as part of broader regional cooperation against cybercrime. For infrastructure security in the short term, there will be an elevated risk of sabotage and disruption, especially in areas of high protest activities. In the long term, for infrastructure security, investment in infrastructure resilience, focusing on critical facilities like energy, water, and transportation. For physical security in the short term, continued unrest and potential escalation in confrontations between protesters and security forces. For physical security in the long term, gradual stabilization through political reforms and effective dialogue between government and opposition forces. For socioeconomics in the short term, economic disruption due to protests affecting tourism and foreign investment. In the long term, for socioeconomics, potential economic recovery contingent on political stability and effective policy reforms to address inequality and unemployment. For geopolitics in the short term, strained relations with neighboring countries, especially Chile and Mexico. For geopolitics in the long term, the rebuilding of regional alliances and participation in multinational forums 
to address shared challenges. So overall recommendations um, include close monitoring of political development and the security situation in Peru, consideration of economic and humanitarian support to stabilize the region, and engagement in diplomatic efforts to facilitate dialogue among Peruvian political factions. So for this episode, the forecasts and predictions are based on current geopolitical and socioeconomic trends. They are, of course, subject to change based on evolving circumstances in Peru and the broader region.